1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one of a kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is NerdAd. I'm Greta Johnson, and you are listening to an episode of NerdAd Book Club, which is just like a regular book club, except sometimes the author stops by to chat. And that is what's happening today. We're going to talk with Lauren Ho about her debut book. It's our July book club pick, Last Tang Standing. Last Tang Standing is written in diary form, and it follows the story of Andrea, a 30-something Chinese-Malaysian lawyer, as she tries to make partner at her law firm in Singapore. And she's also got very intense family members who are very concerned about her love life. Lauren herself was a Chinese Malaysian lawyer living in Singapore for a while. She also worked for the United Nations High Commission for Refugees and Doctors Without Borders, and she's also lived in Luxembourg and the UK. She told us she speaks four and a half languages which is approximately three times the number of languages I speak. In this chat, Lauren and I talk about what I liked so much about the book and about how her time as a stand-up comedian helped her craft the main character and how similar her own life is to that of Andrea's. Lauren, hey, welcome to Nerdette. Thank you for having me. You used to be a lawyer. You are Chinese-Malaysian. You used to li- live in Singapore, right? Those are all similarities from the book?
2: Yes, and it ends there. It ends there. <laughs> um well, there are other similarities as well, of course.
1: So in your bio you even say you're like very clear to be like the mother in this book is nothing like my own mother. Like you're you're pretty adamant about it. Has your mom read this book? Not really.
2: I mean, she has the book, you know, she like bought like five copies of it. And that's very sweet. I mean, I told her not to. I said, I'll give you like, you know, free copies, you know, and usually free. is like oh, a trigger word for her. She's like, "Yes," yeah. But this time <laughs> she's like, no, I shall buy some books from a bookstore um, so that you know that I love you.
1: I mean, that's very sweet. That's super supportive.
2: Yeah, she's great. So yes, she's nothing like the, the mother in the book. Um, Well, maybe just a little. I mean, she, she, well, I don't want to get into it. No, 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 she's she's great. Mom, I I love you a lot.
1: <laughs> so I also, like, I feel like so often in a book, you will hear that a character is devoted to her work. And you'll hear that she cares a lot about what's next for her at work. But you don't actually spend that much time with the character in the book at work. Mm-hmm. But your book, like the the work storyline is not like a, a distant subplot. Like it is a very present thing in this story.
2: Yeah. And I intended it to be very much there as like a secondary character even because mm-hmm. you know for me work was such an important part of my identity um, and, and I think for Andrea as well you know she's unhappy because she's placing so much emphasis in her career and, and she thinks that she's supposed to be happy because her, her idea of worth is tied to uh, achievement. So Mm -hmm. um, the higher she climbs up, the ladder she feels like, oh, it's like sunken cost, right? I've got to keep at it. And who is she doing it for? She doesn't even know. So basically we have this woman who's like outwardly so successful, but inwardly she's a mess. And she doesn't even understand why. Because she's been conditioned to want this from family, from society. And I've been there, right? Like my parents were not tiger parents at all. But I mean, I grew up in a very competitive environment and I myself am very competitive by nature. So Mm -hmm. it's just all these expectations that, you know, with society and maybe your own natural inclination to want uh, to be competitive, it just leads you down these roads, right? And then one day you wake up and go like, hang on, I'm not happy. So actually this is, you know, it's like for, for Andrea, work is a big part of the story because it's so much, it's wrapped in her idea of what happiness should should be, right? Like, if she's successful mm-hmm. at work, she'll be happy. If she has, you know, she met all this, she ticked the boxes that society tells her she should tick, she'll be happy. And so, like, so the ro- romance and the work part parts are equally important in Andrea's life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it also makes sense from the point of view of, you know, like, I think in many different cultures still, if you're a 30 something woman and you are not yeah. married and don't have kids, then you better at least have a career to show for it, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, unfortunately, like, we still have a lot of like gender roles that persist in a, like, we, we feel like women should, the modern women, the ideal one, modern women should have it all, you know? And that's like yeah. maybe the next book, you know, like how can you balance family life and whatever, but And it's an an unfortunate ideal that we have to live up to. And I wanted to dismantle that um, in the book and maybe in the next book as well to say, like, maybe you don't have to have it together to be happy. And anyway, whose ideals are we living up to um, in the first place? You know, so, yeah, yeah, for me, this this is a rom-com indeed, but it's also a story of a woman trying to find her path in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the the romantic subplots, is just like one of the catalysts, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, you just talked about how you grew up in a really competitive environment. You yourself were a lawyer for quite some time. You call yourself now a reformed legal counsel who writes funny stories. What was Mm -hmm. it like for you to decide to make that career shift? I mean, as a person who grew up in you know with high expectations for yourself even if your parents weren't super intense about it like how scary was it to decide to quit your job and start writing um
2: well i actually had a pretty like a uh, staggered transition if you wish but actually uh-huh. i started out i started out um, in a humanitarian organization so i actually worked with the mm-hmm. united nations high commissioner for refugees in my mm-hmm. first job as like a sort of like a legal advisor. And, and so my first job was in the sector that I had always wanted to work in. But then I met my husband, and for X and Y reason, I had to relocate uh, to Luxembourg. And, mm-hmm. for, and I had to work in corporate law. So it's not exactly the, the area of law I, I expected to be working in. And so there was like a mismatch in what I wanted out of life and I what I was doing. Yeah, so um, that's why I was unhappy uh, for some time, and um, yeah, actually there are a lot of parallels between Andrea's journey and mine, so um, yeah, it's a very personal story, I I think, although of course the mom is not based on my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you were listening, Lauren's mom, nothing at all similar. (laughs) She probably will be listening to this at one point or the other. I would love that. I would be honored. She would be tracking
1: everything down. No pressure. (laughs) So I actually listened to the audiobook version Mm -hmm. of Last Tang Standing, which was hilarious. Like, it was so much fun to listen to out loud because it meant that, like, while I was, you know, like, cooking in my kitchen or whatever, I would find myself laughing out loud because it was that funny. And I don't know, I was thinking about this as like a rom-com book and how so often rom-coms lean in so much more to the rom side than the com side, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, um, I get But it. this book is like legitimately hilarious. And I actually read that the main character actually grew out of like a stand-up set that you used to do. Is that true?
2: That's true. So, um... So when I was working in Singapore, uh, in, um, in Doctors Without Borders, um, mm-hmm. you know, to let off steam, I decided to, you know, try my hand at stand-up, which was fun. And um, I got to use it as like, you know, free therapy. So <laughs> I would just go on stage and just let off steam, and people would wonder why I'm there. But I had so much fun, and, and that's how basically I got the idea Um, for Andrea because I was talking about conditional uh, versus unconditional love and Asian parents and and so so that's how that's how she was born from the ashes of a a comedy set where I bombed badly.
1: (laughs) Did you really bomb?
2: (laughs) Yeah I, I, I used to bomb quite badly in the beginning like for the first you know three months but it was so fun I mean you know I, I it, it's just going out there having zero expectations and just enjoying yourself on stage and no I don't enjoy pain it's, it's just it's fun the process is fun and I met a That's... lot of
1: cool people so that was nice I bet so do you do you still do stand-up you
2: no know, I stopped um when I got like five months pregnant so I, I didn't do the whole Ali Wong thing, right? I Where was she's... just
1: going to say that made me think immediately of <laughs> Ali
2: Wong. <laughs> she's brave, but I got too heavy. I just had to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped at five months. I even performed a set. Like, I got, at the end of the two years, I got like okay enough that comics were like, it's okay, she can be the token female comic. She will not embarrass us. I'm kidding. There are lots of great female comics, okay? <laughs> I just want to say that. This is a joke. Don't take it out of context. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, I got invited for a charity set where, you know, I actually got paid for it, which is like, you know, the highlight of yeah. any, that amateur stand-up comic, right? Totally. And I did a set and then like, I, at the end of it, I was like, okay, this is too much. I need to sit down. I cannot stand for five minutes. I need to sit down. <laughs> and that's how I stopped. And I just never went back because, you know, babies. Because
1: yeah. babies. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair.
2: Because babies. Hashtag babies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> More with Lauren Ho in just a minute.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO Original Limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer, Sundays, exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: So you have lived and worked all over the world, as you just mentioned. How do you think that has influenced your writing?
2: I think that having lived in um, a multicultural society and then working overseas, and, and also studying for a little bit in the UK and working in Luxembourg and living in France as well has mm-hmm. sort of like helped me. I guess it makes me a more adaptable person and more empathetic. Like when you're in a country where people are speaking different languages and like English is their second or third or fourth language. You, you look a lot at body language. You look at like nonverbal cues. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just become a better communicator. Um, and... You know, and that I hope translate in the way I write characters. I think I, I try as best as I can to be, to, to to sort of like portray a character um, um, with sympathy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I, I relate more to different people because I've worked. I grew up in a multiracial country, and I lived in quite a few countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helps me be a better writer, I guess.
1: When you write, do you write in English? Is that or do you write yeah. in any number of languages, depending on how you feel in a day?
2: I grew up speaking two languages at home. and English is one of them. Uh, my parents were educated in English schools. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess I live and I dream I write in English primarily. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but I also speak and write in Bahasa, not very fluently, but I do speak and write in Bahasa. And. I speak Mandarin and write Mandarin because I went to Mandarin school um, mm-hmm. and I learned French uh, at school and I speak French. I, I spoke French in Luxembourg, not not super well, not super fluently, but enough for me to be like business conversant, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like four languages and some dialects.
1: I like the idea of business conversant. I feel like in French, I'm like restaurant conversant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's very useful. Uh yeah, you know. Burr. It works, yeah. <laughs> you will
1: play Damon le beau. exactly. Sum up. Yes, sure. <laughs> So you mentioned that you're working on a second book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Is so is it a sequel? Yes, it's a sequel.
2: And um I don't really have a second book deal yet, but I'm writing, I'm working on the second book in hopes that I will get a second book deal. Cain Tian yep. Publishers. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll, it will be a sequel and it will kind of follow Andrea and the gang's lives after their life changing decisions at the end of mm-hmm. book one. Mm-hmm. And I will be just sort of like, um, I, how do I give away stuff without boiling it's tricky right it's very tricky so i'm not gonna attempt (laughs) (laughs) they will they will grow together they
1: will will learn new things they will learn new things (laughs) in new places (laughs) with the
2: persons that they end up with
1: yeah there you go (laughs) It's nice and vague Well, Lauren, thank you for writing such a delightful distraction during a very strange time.
2: (laughs) Oh, you're absolutely welcome. I'm so happy to hear that. I let my mom know.
1: Oh, good. Yes. Please tell your mother. So if you want to read Last Hang Standing along with us, you are not too late. Read it, then tune into the panel discussion happening on Friday, July 31st. We would love to hear what you think of it. You can tell us by recording yourself and emailing the file to nerdappodcast at gmail.com. Or you can post a comment in the discussion happening on Goodreads. Just search there for Nerd App Book Club. Alright, that's it for today. The show is produced by me along with Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak, and we will see you on Tuesday.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer Podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO Original Limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Macs and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.